you know, at the end of the day, that's one of the things I had to learn. I had to be proud of myself and stop doing things for the validation of my parents. Because, like, if they're not proud of you and I'm just basing it based on if they're proud of me, then I'm never going to be proud of anything I do. Like, I feel like the things I've done and the things I've accomplished in my 19 years of life is pretty great. And it took me a long time to get to that point where I, I was proud of myself for what I'd done. episode of the Delaware College Scholars Podcast. I am Jake Myers and I am joined alongside by my good buddy Jordan Bonner and our guest who is just laughing uncontrollably. Um, Jordan, you you uh, might be able to introduce said guest who is laughing uncontrollably. I mean, you know, I've been keeping track of her for the past year. The one, the only. <laughs> this is where you might want to hop in. Oh, being in a Maco. Hi. Hey. They're excited to hear your voice. You okay? Yes. She's nervous. I think she is a little bit nervous. We're going to start off with a, a uh, we will start with a softball question. So tell the audience how you first heard about Delaware College Scholars and then ultimately what motivated you to apply. I was in the Honors Academy at high school and so our high school counselor called all Honors AP kids to the um, computer lab and told us that there was a program called Delaware College Scholars, and this was the first year they were reaching out to our district. So they sat us all in the computer lab and made us all apply. <laughs> I love it. I love. I love it already. I love the honesty. I. I, I truly. Uh, if if there was anybody to narrate my life, I would. I would want it to be Abina. Um, okay. So. So after after you are forced to apply, after you are forced to apply to said program, um, what was your reaction when you got into the program? And then ultimately, like, why did you physically attend? Right. So we know why you applied because you were forced to. Mm -hmm. okay. But but why did you choose to attend once you had been accepted? had to do the interview so I was like if I have to do the interview then I might as well go if I get in and I was in California when I got an email that I got in and I actually didn't see the email to the day before I was supposed to respond and me and Francie were like okay let's just do it my thoughts I didn't really think it was gonna be much I was like okay just a bunch of extra work for the summer but okay yeah so you were like let's just give this a try yeah, Pretty basically, much, right? because my dad found out that I had gotten in, and then he was like, your education comes first, so if this is going to enhance your like academic um, progress and make you better than what you already are, then just do it. So I did it. Any regrets? No. Did it help having a classmate mm. from your high school, did it help that she was also attending? Yeah, um, there was actually three other people from Christiana that was in the program other than me, Francia, Charles, my buddy, and Misha. And yeah, that helped. I mean, I didn't really interact with them much, but <clears throat> Francia and I were in the Honors Academy together, so it did help that we were there, but we were not roommates the first year. Mm -hmm. Did you feel as though the Honors Academy at Christiana, did that prepare you for DCS? Did DCS add something 
that maybe the Honors Academy wasn't giving you? And I'm not asking you to, like, knock the Honors Academy at Christiana. I'm mm-hmm. genuinely curious about sort of uh, comparing and contrasting the two. Uh, by the time I, like, I was a rising junior when, DC, when I went to DCS my first year, at the time, I felt like the first year um, in humanities and math, the math was a little harder, but the English, I felt like, was easier than anything I was given in high school because um, we had to take an honors English, which was basically like 11th, 12th grade math. They were preparing us for English 121, our dual enrollment class. So it was a lot of like essays and stuff that we had to do. So. I would say humanities the first year. I wouldn't say it was light work because it was like a lot of back-to-back paragraphs. But as for the content of that, I didn't think it was that hard. So you felt prepared for humanities? Yeah. And so you're touching upon sort of the academic expectations and the rigor of DCS. Beyond that, how do you think DCS sort of forced you or helped you to sort of grow? It helped me grow because I had to learn to participate. I couldn't just, like, stay in the back and be quiet. I couldn't just get by with doing my work in DCS. Mm -hmm. Like, I actually had to interact with people, which is something I did not do in high school. And I'm glad I interacted with people. I ended up meeting some close friends that I still talk to to this day, Aaliyah, Maya, Gigi, Gia, all of them. I still talk to them. So by being forced to interact with other students in the cohort, I was able to, like, expand my horizons and be more social outside of DCS. How was living away from home for the first time? Actually, it wasn't my first time. Three months before, I went to both California and Florida to compete one week each. We compete for for what? Uh, Tell us more about that. In California, I was competing for DECA. And in Florida, I was competing for BPA. I did place internationally in DECA that year. I forgot the name of the award, but I did place. And BPA, I um, got the Torch Award. I got the Torch Award for BPA. So that was cool, but that was my actual first time being away from home and being on a plane. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But had you been a ho- had you been away from home for three extended weeks? Mm, I mean, if I was away from home, I was always with my parents. So yeah, in that aspect, like being away for three weeks straight... Um, I didn't, uh, like, it wasn't a hard adjustment to me personally. I think being away two weeks back to back with California and Florida being like much farther away from my Mm -hmm. parents, I think sort of softened the blow when I got to DCS. Yeah. But I mean, there was times where I was like, I want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. So if it wasn't a residential aspect, then what would, what would you say was, or how can you identify maybe the thing if it's one or a, a, co- a couple of different things that were tough for you to sort of navigate through at DCS? And how did you ultimately persevere? Things that were hard to navigate through, <clears throat> I would say the deadline for humanities. Our work was due at 10 p.m. And the way the DCS schedule was structured, we had dinner. And so by the time everyone was like upstairs and situated, it was like 8 so it's like two hours to like get this paper together and then you're just like thinking about so many things and it's like omg like i don't even know what to write i don't even know what to say and then she's gonna have like all these comments to say the next day and then she's gonna call me out and then i'm not gonna know what to say so humanities was definitely a class i was always nervous for and then like 
Yeah, it was a lot because I don't like being called out, but I knew that was the inevitable. Like, I was going to get called out. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. But ultimately, I just, you know, kept showing my um, worth, kept writing my papers. And at the end, when we had to do that big paper, she was like, this is actually pretty good. And I wish you had spoken more during class because, like, this is great. So in that experience with sort of being quiet as somebody that is quiet and cannot stand, I was always like a back of the class high, pray that I don't get called on. The fact that DCS did sort of force you to come out of that shell, at least in the classroom, did that translate to your junior and senior year of high school being more vocal in classes or did you revert sort of back to what you were prior and have you been vocal in college? Like, so has all of that translated? The hope would be that it translates. Um, junior year, I talked a little more. Um, we were starting our dual enrollment classes, so I did try to participate. But again, my teachers, like, they didn't really care. Like, as long as I turned in my work, like, they didn't care. So, and I was just busy with a lot of things, but like I was vocal in other ways, like in marching band lacrosse, like if I had to be a leader, like I would speak up and help people when they needed to. Can we talk about your college process? Part of DCS, actually, I think the cool part about DCS, you you may agree or disagree, I don't know. We can be friends and still disagree, right? (laughs) Um, I think one of the cool parts is actually the college trips and exploring colleges beyond Delaware. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of those trips, we do a Maryland swing, we do a D.C. swing, Mm -hmm. and we do a P.A. swing. Part of the D.C. swing is American, G.W., Howard, Georgetown. You Mm -hmm. attend Howard. Yes. So I'm wondering, was Howard always the dream school? Did it pop on your radar before DCS, during DCS, after DCS, why did Howard become the choice for you? And let's talk about your thoughts before, you know, applying, not as you are currently now. Okay. Uh, DCS, I'm, <laughs> Howard was not on my list until DCS. Uh, we went to go visit the campus and I like fell in love. I was like, this is my dream school. So it wasn't until the DCS college visit that Howard even became a thought in my head at all. So why was that your dream school? I don't know. Sorry to cut you off. Just like the tour guide talking about it and then like looking at the campus and then learning more information about it because we have to fill out a college fact sheet before we go. All of that, it just like played in. I was like, wow, I love this school. I already had plans to not stay in Delaware for college. So that's where Howard became into play big time and it became like top school. And I applied and then DCS helped me with the supplements and my college essay and um yeah was was howard being a historically black college university was that important to you no i didn't really think about applying like i being going to a hbcu wasn't really in my mind Mm -hmm. it just so happens that howard was at hbcu but that wasn't really an important factor what's your major at howard i am a biology major chemistry and english double minor with a concentration in creative writing that's a lot yeah (laughs) say it one more time i am a biology major chemistry and english double minor with a concentration in creative writing why that major sort of what are you hoping to do with that long term i became a biology major because i planned on going into pre-med 
and I may not necessarily go into pre-med anymore, but I still definitely want to work in the healthcare field. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do research. Okay. So real quick. So the question I've asked other people who are in the healthcare industry, um, over 60% of our scholars are interested in healthcare, right? And so they say, oh yeah, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse, but they don't necessarily know what that entails. Mm -hmm. What sort of advice could you give them um, before they sort of, make that declaration in college? Uh, one, you do not have to be a science major to be um, pre-med, pre-farm, whatever the case may be. Um, if you enjoy another subject, please major in that subject and just take your prereqs. Do not make yourself miserable with the sciences if you don't have to. And to like, make sure it's what you actually want to do. Don't do it just because like you think you can or because like you think that would be a good fit. Like, if you're passionate about it, 100% go for it, work hard at it. But, like, if you're iffy about it, then you may want to reconsider because, like, med school, farm school, all that is not easy at all. So you don't want to be, like, miserable all for the sake of being miserable. And don't be in it for money. It's not worth it, in my opinion. So how do you balance between the majors and the, the minors that you have. And, wh and what prompted you to add those minors on, right? Because it's very easy, hey, I want to be in the medical field. I'm going to take mm -hmm. bio, pre-med, et cetera, um, which you are doing the biology route or whatever, but you're not, but you're also adding two mm -hmm. minors, which mm -hmm. seems complicated and a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, the way Howard is structured with the biology and the chemistry majors is that if you're a chemistry major, the biology minor is automatically built into that and vice versa for biology. So if you're a biology major, the chem minor is automatically built into that. And it's your choice whether to claim that minor. I know Francia, she's a biology major as well. She didn't claim her chem minor. And I did. And the reason why I added English to it is because... To be honest, like, I, I was miserable as a biology major my first semester. I was like, I can't stand it. And I like to write a lot. So I was like, let me just add something mm -hmm. to, like, make this not as miserable. I have 24 transferred credits from dual enrollment. So it's not that hard. It's just, like, an extra class or two when you're actually looking at it. Did it make it less miserable? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, you, <laughs> okay. you agree. <laughs> in what ways did it make it less miserable so obviously that was the right decision so congratulations Thank you. but like how did it make how did minoring in what writing english creative writing english, english. Yeah. Yeah. how did minoring in creative writing <clears throat> make life better easier mm -hmm. more enjoyable because, more balanced yeah as the semesters go on everything becomes more like science focused so it's like you're taking Orgo chem and an orgo chem lab and then you're taking bio and you're taking genetics and you're taking physics and you're taking this and you're taking that so being able to take like the science classes i need to and then have an english class to sort of like take away from all that science yeah. really helped so like just like i'm not thinking about science all the time i'm thinking about something outside of science since most of my transfer credits were my gen eds so like for off rip it was already majority science what do you like most about creative writing? I like writing. I feel like it's just sort of like an escape for me in a way. So like if I'm stressed, I journal. If like I have different thoughts or different ideas, I write it down. It was something I discovered 
when I was in middle school and then I rediscovered it again in high school, I don't know, I just enjoy writing, being able to just like sit down and write my thoughts or my ideas and all of that is just sort of like when everything is like chaotic, you're able to just write whatever you're feeling. This is taking sort of a different, um, we're pivoting a bit, right? So you're the we're older. We're turning the vehicle. We're turning the vehicle, right. Okay. Um, so you are the older, the oldest sibling, right? Um, I have another older sister, but oh. she lives in Ghana okay. and she's never been here. So I was raised as the oldest. Okay. Um, seeing as how you have sort of two siblings in the program, right? Mm -hmm. um, did you ever feel any pressure or is there pressure to exceed expectations or um, be a role model for your two younger siblings uh, in the States? Absolutely. Um, I'm actually the first person in my entire family to be born in America. So off rip, everyone had big dreams for me. She's going to be a doctor. She's going to be big. She's going to be huge. And my older sister not being here, my parents... And my parents, like, they're not from America. They came here. Mm -hmm. So they didn't really know much about America. So a lot of the stuff that I know, I learned on my own. I didn't have my parents to guide me in a way. So as I was learning it, I had to teach my brother and sister that as well. So at times, it was hard. I remember I was, like, angry for a long time because I'm like, why do I have to do it? I have to learn it by myself. Why do I have to help them? But it sort of changed because now I want to help them because... I know it now, so why wouldn't I want to help them and make their lives easier so that they don't have to, like, struggle and navigate through everything like I had to? Mm -hmm. So I'm glad they have me to be able to teach them everything that I know so that they don't have to, like, go figure it out for themselves. Right, right. How did you go about figuring out for yourself? That must be really challenging. It was, um, again, a lot was placed on my shoulders at such a young age. Um, yeah, like, you know, everyone always viewed me as, like, the really smart one. Like, I learned how to use a computer very young. My dad had very high expectations for me. Like, straight A's, if I got a B, he's like, someone else got an A. Why didn't you get straight A's? So I was expected to pretty much be perfect because my parents would tell me all the time, like, your brother and sister are looking after you like you're the role model so if you're not doing your best they're not going to do their best so it was a lot of pressure um just like trying to be perfect all the time trying to get straight A's all the time perfect grades all the time and I'm human so sometimes I don't get perfect grades and like it would make me feel bad because I'm like okay here I am with like this not so great grade and then they're gonna look at me like what is she doing and all of that so yeah it was a lot of trial and error but, I mean, I still consider myself a smart kid, even mm -hmm. though I take, like, you know, I make mistakes at times. Sometimes, you know, you don't do so great, but it's all a learning process. Could you take us through that process, though? Like, you haven't, you didn't get there overnight, right? No. So, um, and for someone who's also a perfectionist, right, mm -hmm. and uh, and has a fear of failure, um, was there a particular moment where you started to realize that, hey, like, I'm still seen as a success, right? Mm -hmm. if, even if I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. um, how, how did you get to that? How did you get to that place where you are now? 
Yeah, um, in elementary school, I had a big issue with that. Um, because I was so afraid of failure and the way my parents would react to that failure, I avoided competing. I avoided like everything. I avoided mm. telling them anything. And then in middle school, I think, I had an ear infection and pink eye. And I had an auditory test to take. She wouldn't let me go to the nurse. My dad had still sent me to school that day, and I failed that test. That was the first time I ever failed a test. She called home before I could get home with my test, and my mom was the maddest thing on earth. I was, like, in tears, like, crying, boohoo crying. I knew the way my parents were going to react, and that was just sort of the way it went um, until I got to high school when I got straight A's and a B in math class because I forgot to turn in my one assignment before the teacher walked through the door. And, again, I was, like, just as upset and then I realized I can't keep getting upset about the little things. Like, it's just a B or it's just a failed test. It's not the end of the world. Those things do not define you. So mm. as my brother and sister were still in middle school at the time. So as I'm navigating through high school, which is like a whole different ball game from middle school and elementary school, I'm sort of learning to roll with the punches. Like, okay, you got to be. It's not the end of the world. Okay, you didn't do so hot on this test. It doesn't make you dumb. You just have a harder time understanding it at the time. So by the time my brother and sister got to their freshman year of high school, and they're in the Honors Academy as well, so they were taking the same classes I was taking, I was able to guide them. So like, if my sister's upset over a bad grade, I'm like, it's not the end of the world. It's just like, just a bump in the road. My brother too, I'm able to like guide him because he's unmotivated at school at times, but like the talks I have with him and all of that really helped him kick into high gear. Like, those are not conversations my parents are able to have with them because they don't understand what it's like to be a kid in America, just, like, balancing between not being Ghanaian enough, not being American enough, and, like, being in school. Like, being in school here is different than being in school in Ghana. So, like, it's so easy for them back home in a way, and they think, like, it's supposed to be even easier just because we're in America and we have that privilege. So those are the conversations I had to have with my siblings, and I hope they take heed to that. I hope so. What's your relationship with your parents like now? I mean, honestly, I didn't really, like, they never told me they was proud of me in high school. It was just expected of me. So, like, the way they would praise my brother was not the way they would praise me. They just expected it from me. Mm -hmm. um, I placed in states multiple times in high school. I didn't win first place, so they didn't say anything. Um, but now, I mean, I'm in college now. I'm still in college. My mom has taken more effort to, like, let me know, like, she's proud of me for making Dean's List or she's proud of me for getting straight A's this semester, like, having a high GPA that semester. My dad, yeah, he's taken a little more effort, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's one of the things I had to learn. I had to be proud of myself and stop doing things for the validation of my parents because, like, if they're not proud of you and I'm just basing it based on if they're proud of me, then I'm never going to be proud of anything I do. Like, I feel like the things I've done... And the things I've accomplished in my 19 years of life is pretty great. And it took me a long time to get to that point where I, I was proud of myself for what I'd done. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really... If they're proud of me, if they're not proud of me, it's okay. My dad said he wouldn't be proud of me until I graduate med school, but... Okay. <laughs> what do you want to do? Like, because, like, probably 20 minutes ago you said that you, your, I should say, your parents wanted you to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. You obviously are sort of 
in the medical field on the medical track, mm-hmm. but it also sounds like you're just as passionate, if not more passionate, about the writing piece. Yes. So, like, what does Abina want to do? It's funny because I wanted to switch my major to English, and that turned into a huge fight. So I was like, okay, let's just stick with the bio and pick up the English minor. Just so, so this that is I can have why we picked up the English minor. Yeah, there we go. We're We're <laughs> it's getting. part of the reason why I picked uh-huh. up the English minor. Um, once I got to college and I realized like what I was doing because my whole life I was like, okay, I'm gonna be a doctor. And then I get there and I'm like, okay, is this really what I want to do or is this what my whole family wants me to do? So after that, I actually called my siblings one day when I was like breaking down about biology and I was like, they wanted them to do pharmacy together. And I was like, please, if you do not want to do pharmacy, do not make yourself miserable. Like I'm begging you, please like think about what you actually want to do in life and not what like get them out of your ear and think about what you actually want to do. And it helped them because now my my brother has always been interested in computers, but they were always forcing him into pharmacy. Now he's going to UD as a computer engineer. And my sister's going in for nursing, which I think is a better fit for her as well. Um, I still want to work in the medical field. But also, I think as the years went on, I realized I want to work with kids, teens, sort of give advice and help them in a way that I can which is part of the reason why I wanted to work for DCS because I'm able to like help these kids, talk to these kids, understand these kids more and relate to them in a way when I was 15, 16, 17 in this program. And um, I'm still thinking, to be honest, I do want to write. I actually am thinking about like, I want to publish a book at some point, but I don't want to stray away from the medical aspect completely because I do want to, I think I still want to do that, but just not in the way that my family wants me to. This is good. This is good. It's serious. Like, like, like we're opening up here a little bit. This is good. Yikes. <laughs> no, that's so real. How important was it? So you've sp- spent a lot of time, um, and, I, and I've learned a lot here. Uh, like about you, your family, and it's pretty clear that you take the role of being the older sibling and sort of the role model, like you take that very seriously. How important was it for you, for your siblings to experience DCS and be a part of the program? Was that something that you said, hey, you guys have to do this? Was that up to them just as sort of you figuring things out two, three years before um, they got there, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, um, I, my brother was against it, and I was like, no, you're applying. I don't care what you say, you're applying. Uh, yeah, he was in the Honors Academy as well, and he wasn't even that excited to be in the Honors Academy either. It was me that pushed him. I'm like, look, you have potential. Like, you want to sit here and be mediocre. You can do the Honors Academy if you really want to. And then he got in. So I told them, like, you know, DCS is something that you guys need to experience because there's only so much I can do, especially once you guys leave for college. And now that I'm in D.C., it's like we're going to be apart. So I, like, encouraged them and told them, like, DCS, even though I complained about it the whole three weeks about how much I want to go home, DCS did help me get an idea of college like, I learned a lot from it, so you guys need to do this. And if you get in, you're going. That's it. That was it, and that was all. So it wasn't an argument. 
If you told me that, I'd be a little scared. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my sister says it's, yeah, I'm a little scary at times. But I do it out of love. Yeah, no, it just seems like you care. I lot. do care. I care about them a lot. Like, I just want them to not go through sort of like the mental gymnastics I went through. So I just like, I really try to like protect them mm-hmm. in a way that I guess I wasn't protected. And just avoid the unnecessary like stress and emotional and mental things that I went through. Like, they don't have to go through that if I'm right here to help them. So that's how I view it. I have one more question for you. It's it's less serious than the issues we've been talking about, and then it sort of will be a uh, prequel. Is that a prequel? I think that works. I don't know. Prequel to what? To the Mad Minute oh. segment. To yeah, this the question is a prequel. prequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your face? So you've been an advisor now for you two know, years. But and then in person though for, oh, yeah. for you know yeah. two weeks yeah okay ready mm-hmm. here's a question for you what's your favorite part about being a student advisor here at Delaware College College <laughs> <laughs> my Ooh, favorite you know, part about answer. being an advisor <clears throat> my favorite part about being an advisor is <laughs> talking to the students on dorm they're funny. When I talk to them and get to know them a little more, um, it's just like, it's funny because I'm like, oh, I was this way when I was 15 and 16. (laughs) So it's like, and it's like silly to see it. It's like, OMG, like kids are kids. Mm -hmm. And I love that though. I love connecting with them. I love talking to them. My first week, um, I was talking to the group I had last year and, you know, there's only so much you can learn with the online format. So for them to come, I was able to like learn so much more about who they were minus all of the little ups and downs we took like being able to talk to them and like give them advice and help them through some of the difficulties they were having during their week in dcs was nice all right um we're going to transition to our mad minute segment just rapid fire questions. You don't have no, much time. No, Bina has never listened to more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> she, has, she has no idea. She has no idea what's coming. No idea what we're talking about. Rapid fire questions. Just first thing that comes to your head. All right. Okay. Favorite pastime activity. Reading. What's your favorite book or favorite genre? Poetry. Poetry. Favorite? Yes. Favorite author. R. H. Sin. Who? R. H. Sin. He's a poet. I can't think of the other one, but I love his book. I can't think of his name at the moment. He's that. If powerful. you didn't, if you didn't go into healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. What would you? What would you do? Mm, either research or just like become an English major, like work in somewhere in English. Like, would you teach? I don't know about teach, but like working it with books, <laughs> working with books, like maybe um, editing, publishing, something like that. Hmm. Favorite thing to do in Washington D.C. I like to go um, sightseeing, like go to the different museums and stuff. There's a lot to do in D.C. Right, I just like right. So, what's your favorite thing to do? Ooh. That was the question. Help. <laughs> uh, go to the museums. Okay. Favorite food in D.C.? Like, favorite food spot. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know. 
I mean, can it be okay. like Georgetown Cupcake? Like, come on. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, There's an ice cream shop. I think it's called Unites or something like that. Yeah, I like that ice cream shop. Favorite meal at home that you wish you could have on campus? I don't know. Favorite meal at the Howard Dining Hall? None of it. <laughs> None of it? None of it. it. <laughs> I'm joking. Can, okay. Uh, can, can, can you lie? Just give us something. Okay. Like, okay. Liar. Soul Food Thursday. That sounds like I would. I would want that. It's good. We've had it on right, college trips. Right. It's right. Good. Literally everybody liked it on the college trip. That's fine, but after a while, like three weeks of it, and you'll get sick of it. In ten years, I will be blank. Rich. Also, oh, you driven by the money. No, I'm not. Okay, not rich. Um, happy. I'll be happy. Mm. Okay. Cool. You have some else? Favorite DCS memory as a student? <laughs> Are you trying she, to make no, she, does, she does this on purpose. Make, you know, like, okay. You okay. I have to do the editing. Like, I know, right? Okay. You're just making Favorite my life DCS hard. memory is when we went to the movie theater our second year and watched 47 Meters Down and me, Maya, Gia, everyone sitting next to each other. We were like screaming and stuff because of the shark, and then like it ended so trash, and we were like, "What the heck?" It's a good movie. Yeah, well, the ending wasn't good, but it was so fun memory because then we were just like talking about it the whole time. Okay. Um. So yeah, that always takes longer than a minute. Probably did that for like three minutes. Uh, the same two questions, the ring the bell segment, uh, which you also don't know, but uh, it's the same two questions to every guest, but in order to know the questions, you have to listen to the episodes, which you don't do. <laughs> Okay, so what's the question? <laughs> I want to know. Like no acknowledgement at all. What, what advice would you give your 16-year-old self? Oh, dear. Mm, to, <laughs> to not um, trip over the stuff. Like, all the stuff you're worried about now, I promise you, is not going to be an issue, like, in the future. So you just need to, like, relax and have fun and not let things get to you as much as you let it get to you. What's your Why? My why? Your purpose in life. My purpose in life? My why? Mm, my my siblings. Thank you. And more so myself. Just trying to be my better self. Live up to my full potential. And I care about my siblings a lot. I just want them to be happy. So whatever it takes for them to be happy. Well, look. That was awesome. And thank you for opening it took up. Us, it took, it us, took a us a while. while. Yeah, it took us like 15 minutes to get like into the, the juice. No, for real, for real, though, actually, thank you for, for being on the podcast, uh, for opening up with us. I mean, it was powerful uh, just sit here and just how you tell your story and sort of what drives you. Um, and so, yeah. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Deuces. <laughs>